Good morning. Aren't you thankful for the joy of the Lord and that joy unspeakable and full of glory? We're happy to have all of our wonderful visitors this morning. We hope you feel at home. I am thankful that this is Pentecost Sunday. There is a place for Pentecost in this world. There's a place for the Holy Spirit in this world. And the whole reason that God created man was to have fellowship with him, to have a relationship with him. And I want to talk about that this morning, sort of a journey of sorts. The journey from the covenants that God first established with man and with Israel, and then to the new covenant. And by the way, I forgot my glasses that I can see you. So if you need to tell me something, you're going to have to really uh, let me know because these are for reading only. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, I do want to share a video with you. It's only about seven minutes long, but I really enjoyed this, and I think you will too. It's an educational type of video about the covenants. And Don, if you want to get that uh, queued up, and then we're going to look at the book of Acts, chapter 13, if you want to get ready for that. But in the, in the meantime, let's enjoy this very brief video. Is that okay? Good stuff, wasn't it? I enjoyed it very much. So if you turn to Acts chapter 13, we're going to look at this journey of getting to this new covenant as Paul and Barnabas were talking to the Jews and helping them understand what was going on and how to put this all together. And then he turned to the Gentiles. So in the book of Acts chapter 13, Paul is in Antioch and he is preaching, providing them this history that we just saw about the nation of Israel and the covenant that God made with them in times past with their forefathers. And he told them about Egypt's bondage and how God delivered them miraculously from the Pharaoh and the, and the oppression of Egypt and how the rule of the righteous judges took over and all the prophecies that God had given them through the prophets about the kings and King David and how out of the rod of Jesse would arise a new king from David's lineage and that would be the King Jesus, King of the Jews and the Savior of the world. Reading chapter 13 verses 22 and 23. And when he had removed King Saul, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave a testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. And for this man's seed hath God, according to his promise, raised unto Israel a Savior, Jesus. And then Paul goes on telling them how John preached to the Jews the baptism of repentance unto Christ, not of him himself. He was not the Christ, but the one coming would be the Messiah and he would save them. And so Paul goes on with this wonderful message of salvation 
and how it was sent first to the Jew, to those who feared God, to those who didn't know him and their rulers in Jerusalem, they were the ones who put Christ to death even though he was found innocent of any crime. And if you look at verse 30, but God raised him from the dead, and he was seen many days of them which came up with him from Galilee into Jerusalem, who are his witnesses unto the people. And we declare unto you this good news, which was preached to the fathers, in that he raised up Jesus again and skipping down to verse 38 be it known unto you therefore men and brethren that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins and by him all that believe are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses and then he warned them don't be despisers, don't be unbelievers, and thus perish. And then the Jews left the synagogue. Picking up reading verse 42. And when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought him that these words might be preached unto them on the next Sabbath day. Can you imagine? The Jews are pshawing this whole thing and walk out the door and the Gentiles say, look at us, we're hungry, we want to hear this message. And verse 44, the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, that religious spirit reared up in them and it shook their ugly head and they were filled with envy and they spoke against those things which were spoken by Paul and contradicting him and blaspheming. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should first be spoken to you, the Jews, but seeing how that you put it from you or you rejected it and you judged yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we have turned to the Gentiles. For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light to the Gentiles, that thou should be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. God had intended this plan to be all-inclusive from the beginning. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and they glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as believed were ordained to eternal life. But the Bible tells us that the Jews rebelled and kicked Paul and Barnabas out of the city. And that's where Paul and Barnabas shook off the dust from their feet out of Antioch and went on to Iconium, where they were met with the disciples full of great joy and full of the Holy Ghost. So they preached in Iconium to great multitudes and many Jews and Gentiles believed, and they did many signs and wonders in that newly formed church. 
Now, the Gentiles, who were the Greeks, got a little bit confused. We could end the story right here if that were all there was to it, but it is not all there was to it. So, as you saw, the Jews kicked them out. Get out of here. We don't want to hear your gobbledygook. Now, the Gentiles, they got very confused about how this whole new covenant thing was going to work for them. So they mixed up their new believer status in Jesus with their old pagan ways of idol worship. And they said, we think Paul is like Mercury and Barnabas is like Jupiter and we're going to worship them. And Paul and Barnabas are like, where did you come up with this? We told you, turn from these pagan ways. Don't follow these idols. Turn to Jesus Christ and mold yourself against him, and he will lead you. Verse, uh, chapter 14, verse 18 says this about that. Even with all these sayings that Paul and Barnabas said, they scarcely restrained them from doing sacrifice unto them. Can you imagine? How confusing. How could they have done all this? And then it says that the Jews from Antioch found them in Iconium and took them outside the city, and there they stoned Paul and left him for dead. But thank God the, the disciples that were there gathered round about him and prayed the prayer of faith, and God raised Paul up, and he was able to go into the city and there they strengthened the brethren and those who were newly converted in Christ. It's easy to see how, when you'd been taught all those covenants from one through seven, that it's embedded in your mind, it's in your heart, in your spirit, and now you're hearing this new covenant. What do you do with the old and how do you appropriate the new? In chapter 15, I think this brings the journey home. This tendency to blend the old with the new. Keep a little bit of sin, but get rid of this part over here. Doesn't work that way. I might call this the boiled down gospel. For here in chapter 15, looking at verse 24, the disciple James stands up and he takes command of the meeting and he brings it home for them. Verse 14 in chapter 15. For as much as we have heard that certain which went out from us have troubled you with words, subverting your soul, saying, you must be circumcised in order to keep the law, to whom we gave no such commandment. In other words, we didn't tell them to say that to you. It seemed good to us, being assembled with one accord, they agreed on this, to send chosen men unto you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul. These men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We have sent, therefore, Judas, of course, this is not Judas Iscariot, and Silas, who shall also tell you the same things by mouth. And here is where it is that James brought the new covenant to the church 
in easy to understand words. Verse 28, for it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. Verse 29, that you abstain from meats offered to idols and from blood and from things strangled and from fornication from which if you keep yourselves you shall do well amen james said don't worry about all of these things going around in your head follow what we've told you don't have anything to do with idols keep yourself from blood Keep yourself from things that have been strangled and keep yourself sexually pure. And if you do these things, you're going to be all right. And he said, fare you well. He was telling them, don't get trapped. Don't get hung up by the traditions, by the religious elements that they had been taught. And finally, in Matthew 5, 17, Jesus says, think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I'm not come to destroy them, but to fulfill them. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, not one jot or one tittle will pass from the law till it all be fulfilled. Because Jesus himself fulfilled the sin requirements of the law. He alone provided the way to be free from the bondage of sin and those traditions that had them trapped and their religious spirits. He didn't erase the law, but he was the satisfaction of or the completion of the law and the fulfillment of every one of those prophecies given, if not yet fulfilled, will be, through, will be fulfilled through the death, burial, resurrection, and second coming of Jesus Christ. The church will see the fulfillment of this. Every prophecy will come to pass before the heaven and the earth are renewed and then it will be clear when we see Jesus, it will all be worth it. It will be so clear to us. James said, do these simple things and you will be okay. It's Satan's job to accuse the brethren and cause confusion and hardship in our way. But Jesus offers eternal life a simplicity that even a child can understand, and clarity, not double-mindedness, and a peace that passes all human understanding. So when things get tangled up in our minds, and sometimes they do, go back to the basics. Go back to the scripture and let it wash away those cobwebs. This morning when I came in, as I often do, I walk around and turn the lights on and I'm praying and I walked over and put my things here and put an envelope on the chair and when I raised up, a cobweb fell across my face. And those of you who know me know I have 
very, very sensitive skin, and anything like that will set off a reaction, and I did start sneezing and coughing and pulling at my face to try to get the cobwebs off my face. But when those cobwebs are in your mind and they're in your spirit, only the Holy Spirit can remove them. Only the scripture that says, do these things and you'll be okay. Hold on to the hand that holds you tight in this life. Do you believe it this morning? I certainly do. God still wants fellowship with his people, but he requires purity. And he requires that we hold on and plant our feet in what we believe in this new covenant. Will you stand with me this morning, please? Shokoto soyabaki. Oh, Father God, sometimes we do try so hard to figure it all out. And sometimes Satan does mix things up like a soup bowl and stirs things around. And we think, how do I get out of this? How do I make sense out of this? Oh, Lord, but that precious Holy Spirit that you sent on that day of Pentecost and that we sang about this morning. Oh, it washes away all of the cobwebs. It washes away all that confusion and all of that turmoil and all that anxiety out of us, Lord. Wash us clean this morning with the breath of the Holy Spirit falling upon us, oh Lord. We're so thankful that you brought the new covenant First you gave it to the Jew, and then you opened the door and told the rest of us, come in, and you grafted us in to the same blessing, the same eternal life, Lord, that was in your plan from the beginning. Oh, Father, how we thank you. How we adore you, Lord. And I ask today, Lord Jesus, that you go with us and that we allow as we go, Lord, that Holy Spirit to keep that clarity, to keep that peace in our heart, Lord. Oh, I know that peace personally. I know, Lord, that in the midst of, a, of an onslaught and in the midst of, Lord, something that just is so hard to get through, that peace that only comes from you. It cannot be explained. It cannot be described because it passes by our own understanding. Oh God, be with each and every one as we go forth from this place. And I ask these things in your precious, precious name. Amen and amen.